Paul and Kathy Kovac. Um, as I said this morning, we've had Paul through uh, many times before, but this is the first time that his lovely wife, that he keeps mentioning, has accompanied him on this trip, and so that's great. And we appreciate Heather there for looking after our guests and bringing them here tonight. And uh, they travel, well, Paul anyway has traveled extensively, and uh, just laterally now that Kathy has been free just to do a little bit of traveling with him, keeping an eye on him and keeping him right, no doubt, because we need that, don't we? Us men need a woman to keep us right. <laughs> At least that's what we tell them anyway, you know. That's the best way. That keeps the peace, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, so we welcome them tonight, and uh, Kathy's going to come and bring a greeting. Paul's going to introduce just his wife. That would be the best way, and then she can bring a greeting or do whatever she wants to do. Uh, she can do that tonight. So let's welcome them as they come tonight. Let's welcome to Moira. Praise God. It's good to be finally here. I hear so much of good things about you, how much you love the Lord, and it's just a privilege for me to be able to be here with you. Um, it's so good and refreshing to see actually how uh, beautifully you worship the Lord, our King, who is worthy to be praised. We serve such a great and mighty God. I, can't, I just get so excited talking about God and and uh, it just, he's so awesome in and, and, uh, our lives together. And we have so much uh, to thank God for in uh, so many different areas of our life. Lives, we saw God move in our children in uh, all uh, different areas uh, in our lives. And I can tell you that we serve a mighty and great God. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. I just love you and praise God. Amen. Just forgive me. Well, that's Kathy. <laughs> Some of you started thinking that she's a ghost. I would come all the time and talk about her and even promise to bring her, but always something came and I could not bring her. But finally, Lord opened the door and here we are, both of us together. Uh, this year we were celebrating 30 years of being together. Some people say, how could you put up together for 30 years? <laughs> Today, people don't last that long. <laughs> but even 30 is not much. We are looking forward to be together for many more if the Lord tarries. Supposed to come yesterday, but he did not. <laughs> you heard about that. <laughs> you know, we... We all love the Lord, and we all grow in the Lord. We are not, when we accept the Lord, we are not yet where God wants us to be. But God sees us already how we will be when we are perfect. He loves us. And regardless how long we serve the Lord, there is still room for growth, right? If you are not walking on the water, there is room for growth. <laughs> and so, so we are not perfect, Kathy and I. So many people, when they are under pressure, tired, or nervous, they smoke cigarette after cigarette, right? Some people drink cup after cup of alcohol, consuming even more than they can bear. People react differently when they are tired or nervous. When I am tired or nervous, I usually joke a lot. And Kathy knows already when I am uh, under pressure or tired, I'm joking too much. When Kathy is under pressure, she asks too many questions. <laughs> question after question. Last night, now I'm going to get for this when we get home. <laughs> Last night as we were coming and we came to Ireland, <laughs> We came off the airplane, and uh, we are coming with our suitcases, pulling behind, and we come, there is door, you have something to declare, and there is door, you have nothing to declare. And Kathy is behind me, <laughs> and I'm ahead of her. And I 
start going right into the door, nothing to declare. Because we did not have anything to declare. We are not smugglers, we are not cheaters, we are, we are preacher and his wife. <laughs> and so we are coming right there. We, we were not smuggling anything. And Kathy behind me, she said, Paul, do we have anything to declare? She was already tired. And there are two officers, three officers beside us, right beside us. She said, Paul, do we have anything to declare or not? I said, she could say that in Slovak or Croatian or Serbian. We speak all those languages. But she said it in English. And those guys are right there beside us. <laughs> and I quickly speed up so she would follow me. And she said, she even louder, because I was now, there was bigger distance between us. She even louder shouted, Paul, do we have anything to declare? <laughs> I said in Slovak, keep quiet and follow me. She said, what? <laughs> Why don't you answer me, Paul? <laughs> you know. You don't smuggle anything, but you don't want those guys to stop you. And half an hour spending time, they look through your suitcase and so on. So I tried to avoid that, but she did not know that. And so, but this is how we are human, you know. We have all our quirks. <laughs> we have good points. We have strong points. We have weak points. But we are all saved. We are all children of God, and we are on the way to a better place. Now, this is not seen to be in the moments asking too much question or in moment of weakness to kind of joke like I used to do whenever I get under pressure or I get tired. I don't think it's seen as long as we can control ourselves not to go into excess. I like laugh, clean laugh. There is nothing wrong. Laughter, actually, Bible says, works like medicine. So laughing, clean laugh can be beneficial physically and also spiritually can uplift you. But sin brings confusion. We are not sinners. We stumble as human, but we are not sinners. But sometimes it happens even to the child of God that we stumble a little bit more than we should. <laughs> more than we, how can I put that? More than would be acceptable for a Christian. Now, I'm well known in Canada or anywhere that I would, when somebody falls, I, I like to help them. In Christianity, we see many times that people would rather clobber those who fall and make mistakes and leave them there. And we are the army of Christ. We should not do that. Every worldly army would go after those who fall, who make mistakes, who stumble, who, who are wounded, <laughs> who... They go after them to help them. They don't leave them die in their blood. They help them. So we Christians should do that. And I like to bring backsliders back to the Lord. I like to help those who don't uh, 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 have strength to walk with God. I like to strengthen them and put them solidly on their feet and say, go now. Hallelujah. You see, sin can cripple us. I'm not talking about just mistakes. I'm not talking about slipping here and there and say, oops, I should not have done that and repent and come back to the Lord. That's how it should be. We should always do quickly deal with the things that are not supposed to be in our lives. Now, I would like to go into the word of God, which is recorded in Genesis chapter 3. We are going to talk about confusion that sin brings. Sin brings confusion. Tonight I don't want to bring a condemnation upon anybody. 
But if you have a secret sin in your life, it will hold you back. It will hold you back. And you may never gain what you could have gained if you immediately repented of sin. Don't keep anything secret in your life. Anything that harms. Now, I'm not telling you that you go to Pastor Gaidi and uh, start confessing the things which you sin against God, like some churches do. Go to the priest and confess and so on. Bible says we should confess one to another. But one to another we confess the sin that we sin against one another. When we sin against God, we confess to God. We go to God. You see, if I sin against you, brother, my responsibility is to straighten it. And you have power to forgive me my sin. Not other sins. You see, in some churches, they try to forgive every sin. You cannot. You don't have that, that right. Christ came to forgive us our sins. But if I sin against my brother, his responsibility is when I ask him to forgive me, he has power to forgive me my sins against him. Not against God, but against him. But when I sin against him, you see, sin has double effect. If I sin against you, my brother... I sin against God too because you are a child of God. So every sin actually has double effect. So when I come to my brother, I ask him for forgiveness. His responsibility is to forgive me. And then I go to God and finish the work. The blood of Jesus would take effect and I'm free again. Now this is how God wants us to do. But many times as we are going to see tonight... Instead of coming to God with our imperfections, we hide. We try to cover. Okay, let's go into the word of God. Genesis chapter 3, starting with verse 6. And we will work through the verse 11. But we will go slowly and deal with each verse separately. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that tree was good for food and that it was pleasant in the eyes and tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the, tree, uh, of the fruit thereof and uh, did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Heavenly Father, add blessing to these words. We thank you for your word and we know that your word is inspired to guide us, to lead us, to bless us. So do it, Lord. Bless this word tonight and bless our hearts that we may open up our hearts and be ready to receive, Lord, your precious word which changes us from day to day. So let your word take effect in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, when Satan comes with temptation, he uses the temptation that you already are tempted with or, or your body is weak with. If you have problem with drinking, he will not come to tempt you with the problem of robbing the bank. <laughs> because that's not your weakness. Your weakness is drinking. So he will come knowing your weakness. And he would try to exaggerate that. He would try to expand that. And he would try to press you. To, that you do more and more. Until he finally can destroy you. And that with any kind of sin. It's not just drinking. It's smoking. It's lying. It's uh, stealing or whatever. Whatever weakness we may have, he try to expand that and somehow get foothold in your life and press you until you become weak and until he can destroy you. If he can, Satan would destroy us all if he can, but he cannot. He doesn't have that right from God. But when he brings you to a certain point, when you 
sever yourself from God's grace, God's mercy, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper. So, so, then point comes where something happened, like God said to Israel, I cried unto you day and night. I cried unto you through my prophet's servants, and you did not listen. Now, even if you call, I will not listen myself. I'm not saying that God is so quick to put you in the garbage, especially now in the New Testament when we have Jesus, we have his blood. As long as you are alive, you have a chance to come back to God. But don't play. Don't underestimate sin. Sin has power much more than you realize over our lives if we yield to it. But we don't need to yield. So Eve was tempted by the devil. Devil probably saw that when God told them not to pick that fruit and Eve was probably from day to day looking and thinking, how would it be if I take a bite of that what God said no? And if you see, Satan exaggerated, exaggerated the words of God. He twisted the word of God when he came to tempt Eve. If you see what Satan said to Eve, it doesn't go with what God said really to Adam and Eve. He twisted it. You see, God said, from every tree you can eat. Satan said, is it true that God forbid you to eat from this tree. Kind of. He limited God's gracious and wide blessing. God said from every tree you can eat. And Satan said, is it true you cannot eat from this tree? That God did not let you to eat from every tree. You see, the whole story was narrowed and kind of cut of the grace of God and that's what he wants that you he wants to persuade you that you have no uh, provision made by God God limited you and if you don't serve God you can have broader blessing broader abundance of what you want to do but God never forbid to man what is good for him God never forbid. If we have anything that God forbid us to do in the Bible, that's only for our protection. God never intended to cripple us, never intended to keep us behind the bars. God never intended somehow to keep us a slave as Satan does. God always was open to us. He only gave us warning, don't do this, don't touch this, which was harmful to us. God's intentions from the beginning is to bless his people. And he's still the same. As we already heard. Even when we were in sin, he still loved us. Now God's love doesn't save. Do you know that God's love doesn't save? You are not saved by God's love. You are saved by his grace, by your faith, which works. Which gives you entrance into this grace. By faith you enter into that grace. So it was initially given to us this opportunity by God's love, of course. But love alone will not save you. You must believe the word of God. By faith. Everything works by faith. This is the age of faith. And God is God of faith. And he wants his people to be people of faith. Bible says God calls the things that are not as though they be. And you and I must have that vision. We must see in our spirit already the things that we pray for. That we ask God. We must already see them functioning. You see faith creates in invisible world the things that appear later on. Because of that faith they appear in the reality. Faith brings them. By faith. By faith we come to God. And without faith, we cannot even please him. So Eve was tempted by probably what was her weakness. Satan knew it. And Satan, as he tempted her, he was keeping her focus on that thing. And Bible says, what we turn our eyes to, we are being transformed into. 
chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, verse 18. We are beholding Christ. And as we look on Christ, more and more we are being transformed, changed into his likeness as we watch him. As you are watching television, without realizing you are affected by it. You watch some dirty stuff from Hollywood, it will affect you. Though you think you are a strong Christian, though you think you can stand it, you can handle it, you cannot. Eventually, it affects you. And between you and your wife, you will start using the words you heard on television in those arguments they did in Hollywood. They planted in you, and you will start using those same things against your wife or your husband in arguments. He was watching. You just keep your eyes on the world. Eventually, your hand will go up, and you will pick that fruit you are watching. Wherever your eyes are turned, whatever you are looking long enough, you will be tempted by it. Wherever your eyes are turned, some of you may look uh, like uh, some uh, storybooks, some stories, some novels, and all kind of arguments there, all kind of uh, experiences there. Some of you may like movies, some of you may go uh, on internet, and today you can find anything you want, anything your flesh wants. And you keep your eyes there long enough, sooner or later, your hand will go after that fruit. Your hand will go after because Satan works through these things, tempting you, pulling you away from God into something he wants you to do because he wants to destroy you and me. But Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, thief comes for nothing. But to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that I give life and that I will give you abundance. He doesn't want just to give you life and miserable life. He wants to give you life, abundant, full life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eve stretched her hand. She was looking too long and listening to whispers of the devil. Too long. She could not resist. She stretched her hand and picked that fruit. And she gave to Adam. Do you know that whenever I or you fall, we pull somebody else down with us? We pull somebody else. We don't fall alone. We have to watch our footsteps. Some people say, why we Christians say always to one another, read the Bible, read the word of God. From the word of God, you get strength. When you read the word and spirit is present, something is happening in your and my heart. Verse 7 says, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Now, what's wrong with having our eyes open? <laughs> it should be good. It should be blessing. It should not be anything wrong there. But there is wrong. You will see what's wrong. God also opens our eyes when we get saved to new things. By the Holy Ghost, actually, he continually opened to us more and more of his love, of his goodness. We are being constantly uh, 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 blessed by having our eyes open. So what was wrong here in this opening of the eyes? Let me go. Father, when sin comes, when we allow sin in our lives, sin gets us farther than we thought we will go. If I agree with sin and I say, I will just... Try it and quickly get out. Mm -mm. Sin will lead you farther than you plan to go. 
and sin will keep you there where you go longer than you plan to stay. Maybe you say, I will there just go and check it, experience it, and, and come back out of it. Uh-uh. It will keep you far, uh, longer there than you have planned to stay. And it will make you pay much more than you were willing at first to pay. It will be constant paying if you yield to sin. Constant paying through life. And it happened, depends what kind of sin. There are different sins, but some sins you have to pay even when you repent, you are forgiven, but consequences will stay there. Like some people I know. There was a man, a salesman. He was selling certain things that was about 20 years ago, I heard this story. He was going from town to town selling. And one day, in a hotel, he met a blonde, beautiful girl. And uh, he was always good Christian. And he thought, well, nobody will know just once. And this will be a new experience. Maybe I should use this moment. And he went with bed with that blonde. In the morning, he woke up. She was gone. But on the mirror, with the lipsticks was written, Welcome to the world of AIDS. Was it worth? Just one night? And not only that, but how would he approach his wife now? Give her sickness? Or separate from her? Even repentance doesn't bring solution. Repentance just brings you back to God. God forgives you. But there are consequences. Of course God can heal. I saw in my ministry people healed of AIDS. But often... People have to bear the consequences of their sin to the end of their life. Don't play with sin, folks. You are saved from that. Some people say, I'm saved, but they live like the world. They are not saved. What are you saved from? Salvation brings change. If you are not changed, I'm not saying that you are perfect. I'm not saying that you are immune to sin. But you are changed. You are different. If you are not, you are not fully saved. But God wants to bring you to the point where you can rule over sin. You can rule over the things of this world. You can be master of your situation. You can stand as the child of God knowing where your name is written. And you can say, Satan, you have no right to touch me or my life or my family. You can come to that point. John spoke about that. He said, and that evil one touches him not. You can come to the point where the evil one have no right to touch you anymore. Hallelujah. Eve yielded. And that's where Satan gains his power over us when we yield. He lies. And he, you, you know, he presents sin so sweet, so nice, so good. Until he gets you there. He said don't worry. Everybody does it. You can do it. Whatever the sin is. He, he said everybody. Today is different than 20, 20th century. This is 21st century. Where are you living? And he would go and, and tempt you. And if you yield. Then he said now you are finished. You stupid. You are finished. There is no hope for you. And he makes you feel nobody. Because he wants you to end your life. And many people do. There are some people who hang themselves, shoot themselves, or whatever. Because they cannot cope with all that guilt that Satan brings to them. And here when it says their eyes were open. How they were open. And they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves apron. Their eyes were open to their guilt. 
Their eyes were open now to what sin can do. Their eyes were open now that they are not really able to stand in the presence of the holy God. Their eyes were opened to the guilt that sin brings and they felt miserable. This kind of eyes opening I don't wish you have. <coughs> Adam and Eve came to the point where they knew they cannot stand in the presence of God. So they tried to make their own solution. They get the fig leaves to cover themselves. Adam probably had just one leaf. Eve probably need to use three of them. I don't know. But they use fig leaves. Ridiculous as it may be, comic as it may be, it was not so funny, really. They were miserable. They were trying the best they could. They took fig leaves. That was first remedy. That is first remedy man is using when he stumbles. When we make mistake, this is in carnal, fleshly way, we try to cover our sin with ridiculous, with comic, with stupid things. How many times you see somebody fall in sin, they try to excuse themselves, they try to hide, they try to uh, justify what they did with some ridiculous Justifications, invention, thinking, thoughts. and They try to cover up somehow. But everybody knows it's foolish. It doesn't work. But they don't. They have the, the best they have. They use to cover up what they have done. Cover up their nakedness. I heard one pastor. He's not alive anymore. But he pastored the same church before Ratlich. And then there was interim, several pastors were pastoring between, and then Pastor Atlich took over. But his name was Ken Norcross. He was pastoring that church, and I heard him saying this testimony. He said, when I was about 10, in those days, we used to, we used to plant the corn in the field with digging a little bit and put a few, few corns, corn seeds, and then make a step Dig in it and another hole and put few corn seeds and another step, another hole and few corn seeds. And we used to plant the corn that way in those days when he was young. And he said, one day my mother gave me a bag over my shoulder with the corn. And she said, go to that field we have there and plant this corn from one end of the field to the other. And few of the rows, you will have enough, the seed for doing that so he said I went to the field and I started digging and I I came across the field and it was hot day sunny day and for 10 years old boy that was a very hard work and I thought it's too hot and I should play with other kids so that was kind of too hard job for me he said and I came to the end of the field I made just one row and I dig big hole and put all the corn there. <laughs> and then I cover it up with the dirt and I thought nobody will know. <laughs> you see how naive we can be? Fig leaves, nothing else. And he thought he's okay. He came home and his mother looked. He said, oh, did you, did you do what I told you? He said, yeah. Kind of fast. He said, I was working fast to finish. Okay. In two weeks, mother went to see the field. And she see only one row growing and nothing else. She has, was looking and looking, nothing. When she came to the end of the field, big chunk of the dirt was lifted up and all the corn came from one place. You see, Bible says, be sure your sins will find you. We cannot hide. Fig leaves don't work. Doesn't work. What works? Running back where we came from. 
running back to Jesus and tell him, don't hide your sin. Your sin will eventually come out even in worse way than if you go back to Jesus and say, yes, Lord, I made a mistake again. I made a sin. I have sinned. Forgive me. Cleanse me, Lord. Take me as I am and cleanse me. Make me different. And God will accept you. We cannot hide our sins. Jesus said, whatever is in, spoken in the secret will be shouted from the rooftops. You cannot hide sin. It will come to the surface sooner or later. If not, judgment day will catch you. But you cannot, I cannot hide my sins. And I am not trying. I'm running to Jesus whenever I stumble, whenever I make a mistake. Don't wait until sin gets roots in your life. Don't wait until sin becomes strong and overcome and destroyed, chokes you literally. Get to Jesus now. He wants to set you free. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the school of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What a foolish next step. You see, this is what sins lead you. Sins lead you from foolishness to foolishness until you deal with it properly. And it would lead you to run away from God. It would lead you to hide. It would lead you to cover yourself, your mistakes and, and lie and cheat. And, and, and all kind of things would lead you until you deal with it properly. Coming to God and confessing. That's the only way. Only true remedy. You see, this is man's second remedy. To hide from God. If you have many years of Christian experience like I have, you probably met a lot of people in different kind of condition. And I know some people who make mistakes and they use fig leaves to cover their mistakes. And I know even those who went into second stage because they were afraid of God. You see, sin brings fear of God. Fear. God is fearful God. But you and I, we are saved. We are his children. We should not be afraid of him. But first Psalm says that ungodly will not be able to stand in the, in the uh, assemblies of the righteous. And you can find that many times when people sin, they run away from church. They are not able to face the truth. They are not able to face the presence of the Lord, the move of the Holy Ghost. And second stage is run away and hide. And when you ask them, come to church, come back, serve the Lord, they always say, oh, I, I, I don't want to go. There are too many hypocrites in the church. <laughs> How many times I heard that? There are too many hypocrites. There are liars. Pastor spoke against me. <laughs> you see, when pastor preaches the whole world, word, the word usually speaks to the sinners. Usually speaks to those who are not at the proper place place where they should not where they should be they are not there and so the word of God hits them and they think pastor speaks against them and so there are all kind of them blaming others blaming others because others are guilty because I fail others have caused my fall others have really really caused this and there are so many people who are not in the church and constantly blaming the church for years because they never truly repented, never truly came to God and repented of that hidden sin they have in their lives. Solution is really to come to God openly as we are and tell him everything. He knows anyway. He knows anyway. But this is interesting to see here. Verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where are thou? It's interesting to see that sin would pull you away from God and farther and farther. He, uh, even to the point to, to make you hiding from God, running away, blaming others. But it is God who initiates 
meeting you again. So many times you say, I found the Lord. You did not find the Lord. He found you. Oh, when I accepted the Lord. He accepted you before you were born. He loves you. He wants you to come back. Wherever you may be. If there is any one of you. I don't know. He wants us back. He wants to have fellowship with us. And God said, Adam, where are you? He came to the place where he would meet. You see, that's the church. First church. God has this place to meet you Sunday morning, Sunday night, or whenever you have services. And God knows this appointed time. God never misses the service. But when you miss, God said, where are you? Hey, why did you miss? God knew something's wrong. You know what God said to them? Didn't you eat from that tree? Whenever we miss meeting God in the place where God expects us, God knows there is something wrong with me and you. God wants to see us every meeting. Bible says with Adam he met daily. And some people today are tired of coming on Sunday to meet God. They call Lord's Day. In Canada most of the churches cancel Sunday night service. They only meet on Monday. I mean, and, and morning, Sunday morning, excuse me. Sunday morning, usually they meet. Instead of whole day. The Lord's Day is not anymore Lord's Day. It's just Lord's morning. <laughs> and Adam, what is his answer? I, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. I hid myself. He was afraid. When we are naked, when we lose our innocence, we lose our righteousness, we lose our holiness, we lose our purity, we become afraid of God. Sin brings fear. Sin brings uncertainty. Sin brings confusion. Sin never, never Upgrades your life. It degrades your life. And so Adam said. I heard your voice so I hid myself. When we hear the voice of God. We run. Because we have sin. And sin is not dealt with properly yet. So we run. We hide. We try to. But we cannot hide. God knows. And God is after us. It was God who initiated the return back. Fear comes as a result of sin. I was talking to a man. I was preaching at Baptist Church in Toronto. And uh, after the service, shaking hands and talking to people, one man came and he was all shaken and talking nonsense. I could not put what he's talking. He was like, like full of the demon or something. And I could not put together what he was saying. And I tried to spend a little time. But somebody came and pulled me. He said he's hopeless case. Just leave him and don't waste time with him. And I thought he needs help. Poor guy. Whoever he is. And I said okay. I'll stay here and I'll take you after the service. After I shake hands with other people. You can come with me. We'll go to restaurant and have lunch. So I get him to my car. It was winter time and heavy snow was falling. And uh, we started talking, and I, I said to him, why don't you read the Bible? He said, I cannot read the Bible. It talks against me. <laughs> of course it does. I said, you are not right with God where you should be. He said, I was saved some, some uh, 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 20 years ago. I was saved. He said, I gave my life to the Lord. But he said, 15 years ago, I was unfaithful to my wife. And since then, there is some kind of power controlling my life. I, 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 I cannot help. I said, I, yeah, I knew right away something's wrong with you. I knew. And so I lay my hands on him. They're in the car, and snow was heavily falling, so no, people were not walking on the street. And I lay hands on that man and cast the demons out, and they roared like lions. He was screaming at the top of his voice, and uh, finally he got free from the demonic power. You see, 
sin is not something to play with. Sin is not something. Not something. Even after we are saved, Satan would come and tempt us maybe with the weaknesses we had before we got saved. But in the power of God, we can stand. Because Jesus not only saved us, he gave us power of the Holy Ghost to stand with us and help us in every situation. Holy Spirit is there with you. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Let him not be quenched in your life. Let him have freedom. Hallelujah. And he said, God said to, to Adam, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree where, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? You see, God knew right away there is something wrong with Adam. Now, God knew even before that because God knows everything. But God was here approaching Adam on our level. So you and I know when somebody is wrong, when somebody's life is messed up by sin. We, God show us here, we can see that. We can know when people start using fig leaves and start hiding from God and start blaming others, there is something definitely wrong. They are not right with God. Something needs to be accomplished there and bring them back to, to because sin, sin, is destructive force. Sin changes atmosphere around you. You see, I met so many people who had certain view of sin, certain view of Christian life. As soon as they yielded to sin, their view was changed. Did you have that experience? Suddenly, the view, the whole view of, of the sin and salvation and everything is changed totally. Sin affected them. And they cannot think anymore properly as the Bible teaches. Their mind is affected. And so all they need is coming back. So Lord can, so to say, brainwash them. <laughs> Wash their brain by the blood of Jesus from sin and from effect of sin. You see, it affects our thinking. It affects our feeling. We don't feel the same after we sin. We don't feel the same. Our feelings are changed. It affects our reasoning. We reason differently. It brings also the change to the situation or our environment. Sin, when we allow in our life, changes many things in our lives. And we are not anymore strong as we are. We need help of others. Don't refuse help of others. Because that's why we are here, to help one another, to uplift one another, not to condemn, not to judge, not to push somebody when he sins away, but rather pull him back to Christ, pull him back into safety. Because God wants to save. Bible says God wants the whole world to come to the knowledge of God, of his love, and be saved. So, in, in verse... Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21 and 20 through 24. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. <laughs> now, they get a little bit better <laughs> than fig leaves. <laughs> God has better solution for you. I don't know what God made for Eve. Was it bikini or was it monokini? <laughs> but God covered them both, Bible says. God had solution for both of their problems. Whether you're male or female, when you fail, don't run away. Your solution to your problem is with Christ Jesus and in his blood. Hallelujah. Run to him for he wants to bring solution to your problem. And so that was temporary only solution. That skin which God used was temporary solution. 
And the human race had to wait from Adam with this temporary solution from Adam to Christ. 4,000 years for solution they had to wait. For proper solution. Full solution. Because that was just temporary solution. But when Christ came, he brought full solution. Full solution to our problems. He not only covered our sin, our shame, our nakedness. He washed away our sin, our guilt. And he brought us the consciousness of righteousness instead of consciousness of sin. He set us free. Hallelujah. He paid by his blood that you and I may be loosened and serve the most high God as his children. Not just his servants, not just his friends as in Old Testament. But as the children of God in the New Testament by the Holy Ghost. Of God. Hallelujah. You are called to be his family. His children. Precious children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In verse 22. The chapter 3. And the Lord God said. Behold the man is become as one of us. To know good and evil. And now lest he. Put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live uh, forever. Therefore the Lord God set, sent him forth from the garden of Eden to tilt the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and, the, and, he, and he placed at the east of the garden of eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life now what happened god was looking after the fallen man god made a temporary provision for him but he could not keep him in the same state in the same level, spiritual level where he was. He had sent him out of the garden. So whenever you sin, it's not that God punishes you. We, we usually say God punished Adam and Eve. God actually saved them from bigger trouble, deeper trouble they would go into. So whenever you and I make a mistake, it's not punishment, but God has to lower your spiritual level because you would make more mess if he leaves you there until you repent fully and Jesus restore you, then you can come back again where you have been. But for temporarily, temporary uh, moment, before you mess up greatly, he lowers you spiritually you may be still in the church musician or you may be sunday school teacher but spiritually you it is necessary that he puts you lower otherwise you would mess up even more so back to your place where you have been is only one way and that's jesus solution to every problem you may have is jesus Answer of God to your problem, to your needs, to your, your strength, to whatever is Jesus. Don't run away from him. He came to save what was lost. He did not come to condemn the world. Even after you saved, if you mess up, come to him. He's waiting for you. He doesn't want anyone to die. He wants to restore. He's not in salvation business only. He's also in restoration business. And he wants to restore you where you have been again. Hallelujah. 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 You see. In those days, Adam and human race had to wait 4,000 years to full solution. God gave them just temporary solution. In Jesus Christ, we have full solution to our needs. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus will come to us when we stop defending our situation and covering our shame. He hiding. When we stop running away from God and hiding from God, Jesus will come into my life again when I realize 
my own inability to solve my problems. When I realize how foolish those fig leaves are, which I try to use to cover my, my sin, my mistakes, my imperfection. When we cry to God for help, Jesus will come and he will end our predicament. Your and my solution is only in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I mentioned this to some already, but one week ago I received a letter from Nigeria. Some of you may know, and some of you may even receive my magazine, which is my bulletin of my ministry called Higher Life. I send it to 37 countries of the world, free of charge. And there is a university in Nigeria, in one place which has about 12,000 students. Whether it wa was part of their uh, Bible, their schedule of, of, uh, of the school teaching, their, uh, I, I'm not sure what, uh, what part was it, but they started reading. Somebody gave them my magazine, and they started reading Higher Life. I call it Higher Life. They started reading, and they were reading for some time. There were some Muslims, there were some unbelievers, there were some backsliders, but that was probably part of the curriculum. I don't know. But they were reading is just for the sake of reading. But then something happened in that school, some kind of upheaval and uh, some kind of revolution or whatever. But eight of these 130 students who used to come and read my magazine, eight of them were killed in cold blood. So the rest of them got scared and they get together and they say, we cannot go like this. We cannot go into eternity without Jesus. So let's do something. So 120 of them gave their life to Jesus. And they sent me a letter. They say, send us 120 Bibles. <laughs> send us 120 of your magazine. So right now, I'm, uh, when I come back, I'm contacting Canadian Bible Society. And uh, Sister Heather suggested Gideon's. So I will see where I get those Bibles to send those 120 students of university in Nigeria. So pray for me for that. You see, our God is concerned. So all those gave their lives to the Lord. It's not so much, I, I, I did not even know that my magazine is reaching the University of, uh, of Nigeria. But Lord knows what he's doing, and he let me know this, what is happening, to encourage me that I'm not wasting my time. And you see, in, Lord wants all of us to be successful. He doesn't want us to drag our feet, defeated by sin. He doesn't want us to be, to be sad, you see, so to say. He wants us to be children of God, happy, ready to do anything God wants us to be ready. We... We should always be free as a bird, as we would say. Free as a bird, serving the Lord, knowing that you are a child of God. You can go proud. I, I, I'm not talking about fleshly pride. I'm talking about that awareness of that you are a child of God. You can go in that awareness knowing that you are really supernatural. The world is dreaming of superman, superwoman. You are already superman, superwoman in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When the Holy Ghost is in you, full of the Holy Spirit, you are superman, superwoman. Start acting like one. Hallelujah. Start walking like one. He sees you. You cannot hide from him. Come to him. Run to him. Tell him, Lord, help me. I need your touch. I need your help. And he will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then your life is protected. I just share with pastor. I have to share with you what happened to me in November last year. I was preaching in South America, in Colombia, and, uh, and uh, Peru. And uh, Lord tremendously moved. But in the daytime, pastor would take me around the city of Lima in Peru. 
capital city, 12 million people. He would take me around, and one day he wanted to take me to the mountain, which is above, you know, those uh, Andes mountains are there, and they are very high. And he wanted to take me to one of those mountains so we could see the, the city of Lima down, and it's on the seashore. It's a very beautiful sight. And so we were going, and as soon as you get out of the city of Lima, it's desert, yellow, everything, no green, nothing. And so we came to the outskirts of the city, and I was still taking some pictures of the uh, city and of the seashore. And there was, by the road, in that wilderness, was a policeman, highly decorated policeman. And he saw me taking pictures. He came to, and he spoke English and Spanish. And he spoke English to me and Spanish to the driver, to pastor. He said, would you like me to take you to the mountain and you can take nice pictures of the city from there? And I said, that's where we are going right now, to the mountain, to take some pictures. He said, can I join you? I said, yes. So he get into the car. He was talking English to me, Spanish to that Pastor, because pastor was very poor in English and we had struggled to understand each other. My English is poor, but his is even poorer. <laughs> I hope you understand me well. <laughs> and so <laughs> he spoke to him in Spanish. And um, as we were going up the mountain, you go like that road is like serpentine going. And as we came from behind one turn, there was a roadblock and bandits were waiting. They started running toward the car. These policemen get out of the car and he started shouting at the top of his voice something in Spanish. I could not understand what he was saying. But those bandits turned and started running away. It was comic to me. I was laughing. And we went to the mountain, took pictures. We came down from the mountain. Policemen said, put me there where you took me. We put him there, and we took some more pictures as we were going. When we turned around in that wilderness, suddenly there was no policeman. Disappeared. So we started suspecting that may have been an angel. Set by God there to protect his children. When we get home, pastor was talking to his wife. I could not communicate properly with the pastor because his English was so poor. But his wife, I started laughing, and I, I, I understood they talk about that. And I started laughing. I said, you should see that. That was really funny. And she turned to me. She said, really funny? Are you crazy? She said, you don't know. You could have been dead by now. That happened in Peru again and again. That bandit would attack and kill people like that and rob them of everything. Then we realized as we were talking that has been an angel of the Lord who saved us. Even when, you see, walking with God pays. Even when you don't know you are in danger, he's there to protect you. He's there to bless you. You are serving immensely great God, as Kathy said. God that cannot be compared to any other God. Our God is alive. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son for you. That you may come and live with him. Oh, come to him. Let's bow our heads right now. I don't know. I don't know your lives. I remember some of your faces from the past meetings I had here. But God knows each one of you. He knows your telephone number. He knows your house number. He knows you. You cannot hide. I cannot hide from him. Tonight, I'm not going to call anybody to the front to embarrass you or anything, but right there where you are, Jesus is waiting for you. He wants to cleanse you. If you have any hidden sin, don't let it grow and be strong and choke you. Deal with it tonight. Yeah, Jesus wants to cleanse you. His blood is still the same. He's powerful. He's ready to cleanse you and set you free. 
confess your sin to him. You don't need to confess to me. I don't even want to know your sin. Confess to Jesus. Tell him. Tell him everything. Don't run away. Don't use fig leaves to excuse yourself, to cover, to hide. It will not work anyway. Come to him. He's waiting for you tonight. Confess your sin. Tell him, Lord, yes, I made a mistake. Help me. I want out of this. Set me free, Lord, like a bird, that I may serve you wholeheartedly like before. And he will. He will. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these precious, precious children of yours. You love us beyond what we can even explain. But this moment, oh God, as you give me this message for this church, I pray that you bless these folks. Lord, cleanse those that need cleansing. Uplift those that need uplifting. Strengthen those who need to be strengthened. Lord, and let your children rise in these end times and be strong, Lord, and let them shine like lights in the darkness. Hallelujah. And let the name of Jesus be boldly proclaimed in Ireland. And let thousands come from the darkness into the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.